All right, so we're going to be in Isaiah 3. Get your Bibles out. We're working our way through Isaiah. 2,750 years ago, Isaiah wrote this. He's in Jerusalem. You're going to swear he was reading the New York Times when he wrote Isaiah chapter 3. It is that real and that current, and it reminds us of how nothing ever truly changes. We change the name, the sin gets rewrapped, but it's never, never really changes. Yesterday morning, a friend of mine came over to the house, and my wife said, where are you going this early on a Saturday morning? I said, well, we're going to get new glasses. She said, then what? I said, then we'll see. You know, I got broken into the other day. My truck's not real secure, and they broke into my truck and stole my limbo stick. Remember when we used to go on cruises? Anybody ever do? They stole my limbo stick. I said, how low can you go? Aren't you, aren't you glad you're back, Wendy? You're just sitting there in the front row. You don't have to write that down. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think the question that Isaiah, the question that Isaiah would be asking, he did ask to his culture and we would ask today, he would ask this, how low can a culture go? Because it's almost hard to fathom as you take a look at what Isaiah is talking about and we bring that into our culture today that this is really where we are. Because listen, when I, when I listen to CBS, NBC, ABC, that's what I expect. If I'm in a bar, I get what I expect. But when I hear the church is sounding like CBS in the bar, that's when I get concerned. And that's what had happened with Isaiah's day. There was no difference between the spiritual and the non-spiritual. And Isaiah's angry. God's angry. Isaiah's just the reporter, okay? So don't be mad at me or Isaiah. God's the one that's angry. God is the one that is calling his people on the carpet because God expects that his people will be different from everyone else. Now, I want you to know up front, God's grace is big enough for any sin that's here. And I, I've been doing this a long time. There's not a sin in the world that's not represented in this room. There's not a sin in the world that's not represented somebody that's watching. I'm aware of that. That's why Jesus died. But Jesus did not die so that we could then start giving stamps of approval to our sin and saying, well, that's okay. In fact, not only is it okay, see, here's the next level, it's right. Isaiah 5.20, which we'll get to next week, Isaiah said, woe to a nation when they call evil good and good evil. It's not, we've lost the shading. We didn't go from black to gray or white to gray. We did a total flip and we've taken what's good and call it evil and take evil and call it good. It's a frightening, frightening place for us to be. So if you'll stand out of respect for God's word, we're going to read part of Isaiah 3. And listen, sometimes words you get lost in. So I found if you, if you need to close your eyes to hear some of these words, just maybe you need a visual picture of what Isaiah is saying. If you need to do that, I'll read it to you. A man will seize one of his brothers in his father's house and he'll say, you have a cloak, you be our leader. Take charge of this heap of ruins. But in that day, he will cry out, 
I have no remedy. I have no food, no clothing. I have nothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. Jerusalem staggers. Here's a parade. God's watching a parade. Jerusalem staggers. Judah's falling. Washington, D.C. staggers. United States is falling. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. Listen to this sentence. They parade their sin like Sodom. Does anybody have a visual for that? You mean people would have parades about their sexual preferences? Ooh, they don't even try to hide it. Woe to them. They have brought disaster upon themselves. Tell the righteous. This is the only positive verse in the whole chapter, verse 10. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. But God's still mad. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. You suppress my people. Women rule over them. My people, your guides, lead you astray. They turn you from God's path. The Lord takes his place in court. He rises to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and the leaders of his people. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor? Declares the Lord Almighty. You can be seated. So, let me just help you understand what is unfolded in our culture. Once you devalue life, once you decide or a culture decides that any part of life is not worth living, anything goes. Whether it's a baby, whether it's a special needs person, whether it's, whether it's an older person, whether it's somebody with dementia. And here's the new line against pro-life people, and I've been called everything over the years. This is my 28th year preaching on this topic uh, in, in, on this week. But all my life they've called me names, but now they say, well, they're not really pro-life, they're pro-birthers. As if that's a negative. I'm a pro-birther. Yes, I am. I am. I'm in favor of that. However, what they're trying to do is slanderous and say, all you're trying to do is force people to have babies. Well, actually, I had nothing to do with the fact that you're about to have a baby. But, uh, but I want to remind you that we work with pregnancy crisis centers. We buy cribs. We buy diapers. We buy formula. We offer counseling. If people have had abortions, we come along behind them and offer counseling to find forgiveness and healing. We support adoption. We support foster care. We're involved with Tim Tebow and the special needs community. We're involved in every aspect of life. We help seniors. We feed people. So to try to throw that, but that is always the tactic that is used. Satan will always use some kind of words to trick people into believing that what they're telling is the truth. See, here's the problem. And I said this yesterday. I, I was in a, I did a funeral yesterday. It was a, a, a pretty tough one. And I had a room full of young 20-somethings. They didn't know the Lord. And I just got up and I said, look, you've been listening to your teachers and your principals and your superintendents and your movies and your TVs. You've been listening to that all your life. 
would you give God 10 minutes? And I just told them about Jesus. And I told them that there's a God who loves them and who God had died to forgive them so that they don't have to try to make up their own identity. But God says to Isaiah, there's this sexual perversion that goes... And if you don't know the story of Sodom, it's in Genesis 19. Please go back and read it. Uh, when I, again, it scares me when I hear preachers say, well, the Bible really doesn't talk about homosexuality. How long you got? I'll sit down and walk through verses with you. You'll be here for quite a while. Well, God really doesn't talk much about marriage. We'll buckle in. We'll talk about it. Well, so then the next line is, well, I'm not sure that... God really meant what he said. Okay, so now you just became God, not the Bible, not the Word of God. Either the Word of God is true or the whole thing's false and let's get out of here. But if it's true, then don't we have a responsibility to live for truth? That's what we're called to do. See, we have this idea, and in the I'll just use the term, in the woke church today, we just tell everybody they're fine. So we pat them on the back and say, oh, God is love. So I just told you, you're all good, go to hell. When we know full well the Bible's clear, you have to repent. You have to turn away from sin. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But, well, maybe God really didn't mean that. Frightening. Frightening. Argentina, just two, three weeks ago, Argentina is 99.9% Roman Catholic. One of the last countries in the world to pass an, an abortion option. And they showed pictures of all of the Congress in Argentina cheering. Cheering for the fact that they get to kill their unborn children. Here's here's picture. But this one, there's, show them the other picture just for a second. Okay. There's some of the cheering, but this one gets me. Who's she praying to? Thank you, God, that we get to kill our kids? Let me help you how this deception works. Israel, when Isaiah writes this, they're worshiping a God called Molech, M-O-L-E-C-H. Feel, feel free to look him up if you've got the stomach for it. Uh, without being overly gruesome, I'll just give you the simplicity of it. Molech was a very large metal God. Got a big old big old statue that we worship at. We leave offerings. But it's made of metal. So at certain times of the year, they put fire under Molech and they light it so that Molech is sizzling hot. And then they take their children and they lay them on Molech's hands and listen to their children scream until they die. You want to know why God's angry? Do I have to help you here? God's like, I gave life to you, I gave life to that child, and you're sacrificing your own baby to the God of Molech, to this pagan God. You really think that is the answer to life, is to kill your own children? Just give it some thought. So in Argentina, not only did they celebrate it, and they're praying to some God in this process, but the minister of health, all right, Look it up. I don't make anything up. The minister of health said, it's okay because it's not a baby. It's a phenomenon. Well, now, I'm, I'm big on tracing people's words down, so I've already done this for you. I looked up the word phenomenon. 
Anybody? A special person. A phenom. That guy's a phenom. That guy's phenomenal. But he got away with it. It's not a baby. It's a phenomenon. And people go, yeah, it's a phenomenon. Not a baby. It's a fetus. Fetus is the Latin word for baby. Yeah. It's not a baby. It's a fetus. And we people sound really bright, don't they? But they're not. So we have this parade where sexuality is out of control. Sexuality, perverted sexuality is being, is being paraded down the street because life no longer has value. People are worshiping at whatever altar they want to. They've lost sight of who God is. The fact that marriage is about a man and a woman. They've devalued life. And in our society, when you get to the point where, again, it's, we're not special creation. We're just a bunch of molecules that got slammed together. Then I ask you the question, why not kill my child? Why not kill myself? Why not kill you? Isn't that the culture that we actually live in today? Where life has no value at all. Now, I'm not saying some of us don't value life, but if you look overall, if you watch the news, people are constantly saying, doesn't life mean anything to these people? The answer is no, because they've been taught all their life in school that it doesn't, that they're not special. They're just a bunch of molecules put together. But there's good news for the Christian. If you look at verse 10. It's the only thing that's good in this verse. He is just ripping. He is ripping away. And it's almost like God says, hey, we better, we better say something. <coughs> Excuse me. We better say something positive just to encourage the church. So he says, verse 10, he says, for the righteous, tell the righteous it will be well with them and they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. One sentence and then boom, right back into the problem. So because you're like, well, wait, wait, I'm in the middle of this and I'm fighting. I'm trying to stand for the right things, but I'm outnumbered and I'm out moneyed and I'm out everything else. And God said, listen, you just keep doing the right thing. He said, it'll be well with you. There's a security that comes there. Luke 141. See if anybody's on this one. Elizabeth is pregnant. Mary is pregnant. Mary's got Jesus in her womb. Elizabeth's carrying John that we'll know later as John the Baptist. All right. They meet. And when Mary and Elizabeth meet, what happens? But remember, John leaps inside Elizabeth's womb. Now, ladies, I've not experienced that. I've felt a kick, but I don't know what it feels like to have a child leap in your womb. Can I point out to you the first person to recognize Jesus as the Son of God was an unborn baby? It's free. But he says in verse 10, God's people find security because we have learned to act with the proper deeds. Psalm 139 verse 13 talks about the creation, how God has, has made us. Can you bring, bring, bring that one up for me? Your eyes saw my unformed body. And even then, all the days ordained for me were written in it, your book before one of them came to be. When there was nothing there, at that very moment, that spark, there is a spark, by the way, at the moment of conception, because light is, is created. But at that moment, God already knows 
all the plans that he has. You want to know how special you are. But we live in a world, I want you to think about this, a guy, I think this happened over at Crystal River, uh, a guy got arrested, made national news because he touched a manatee with a pole. He was, he was poling down the river and he touched a manatee with a pole. Well, they wanted, they wanted to lynch the poor guy. We got a picture of the manatee? There he is. It's a good looking animal. I don't think the pole hurt the man. I'm not, again, I love manatees as much as the next guy. How about this? Here's a sea turtle egg. A pre-born sea turtle egg. You ought to know this since you live here in Florida. If you go out to the beach, one sea turtle egg, you mess with it. Anybody? $100,000 fine one year in jail. How about a bald eagle? Unborn bald eagle, one egg, two hundred and fifty no five hundred thousand dollar fine for the bald eagle, five years in jail. Unborn baby, we'll pay you to kill your child. Am I getting through to anybody? But at the end of the story, it's about a mighty judge. It says God will put on his robes and God will stand. And God will be the one that... This is why truth is so important. This is why if you're involved with something you should, you need to get right now. Again, I'm not stupid. There's people who have had... There's not a story in the room. Every pain that we could possibly imagine is here. Abortions have happened. People have paid for abortions. People have counseled abortion. God's in the forgiveness business. But we as Christians cannot naturalize sin and then think God's going to bless that. It simply doesn't work that way. Now, Tim Tebow takes a tremendous amount of grief. And I've never figured, well, I, I know why he does, because he's Christian. Um, if he was fighting for anything ridiculous, they would all be on his side. But because Tim stands for, I mean, you ever heard Tim say anything bad about anybody? You ever heard him say anything bad about his teammates or people that didn't? No. But not only does he do the night to shine... Which, by the way, ours is online this year. We're not sure exactly how that's all working, but we're not allowed to meet together this year. So be in prayer about that. We'll go full force again next year. Uh, but Tim donates millions of dollars of his own money to help special needs people. Do you know that Tim donated millions of dollars to build a hospital in Mindanao, the Philippines? One of the poorest, roughest areas there. Do you know he spent millions of dollars of his own money, because he doesn't tell you this, to build orphanages in the Philippines? See, Tim grew up as a missionary kid in the Philippines. And he asked his dad one time, because they were church planners, and he asked his dad, Dad, why in the world did you start an orphanage? And his dad said, Tim, I was down by the river one day, and a mom was getting ready to throw her baby into the river. He said, that's why I started an orphanage. We live in a time where millions of babies... Can we go back to the first two slides? Since 1973, I want to show you. There's how many babies have died in the United States, unborn children. You want to know what's happening to our economy? If you have 60 million more people in the economy, tell me what your tax base looks like. 
Tell me how many more people you have working. Tell me how much stronger your economy is. Here's what I dare you to do. Go back and look. Go directly to a date. Tech technology allows us to do this. Go back to January 22, 1973, the day Roe versus Wade was put into law. See what happens from that day. Don't even look at January. Go to that day and tell me what happened in the United States with crime statistics, with our national debt, with um, well, oil prices. You pick, the, you pick it. You, you go to any category you want to look at and trace it from January 22, 1973. It literally, if you're, if you're being real and being honest, you can see God just take his hand off of America. It is that obvious. 60 million. How about a global number? Here's the global number just for last year. That's 2020. You're worried about COVID? It's a problem, isn't it? Look at this number. Why isn't that number running on your TV? That's a number that somebody ought to think about. Tebow said this. He said, I would far rather be known as somebody that rescued a baby than I would to be the winner of the Super Bowl. And I'll say it again. If I made 30 or 40 of you mad and one baby gets saved today, I win. It's really that simple. I think God's going to do a whole lot more than that. But that's what we're praying for. I want to finish with this. Uh, you guys know I, I, I'm a baseball card collector. And there, there's a guy, this guy behind me, and I, I got to figure out how to be this entrepreneur guy. I, I don't know how, what that word means, but uh, this guy bought this card. It's a 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie. He bought it for $5.2 And he will make money on this card, by the way. Now, I got a little secret for you. I have the same card. The difference between his card and my card is $5.2 million. Because one of you took my card and put it in your bicycle spokes and you destroyed it. This one is called Mint Condition. It's a Mint 9. Here's, show, them, show them the next screen. Yeah. Right. It's still not perfect. It's got a few, it's got a few flaws. But they grade, they grade them up to 10. We're talking about a little piece of cardboard. You're right. But the difference between a Mint 9 and the one I have is $5.2 million. But I want to tell you something. Jesus does not look at you that way. Jesus does not look at a special needs person and says, you don't have the same value. Jesus does not look at an unborn baby and say, you don't have the same value. He doesn't look at somebody that's rich or poor and say, one of you's got more value than the other. Jesus does not use grading. When Jesus died on the cross, he graded all of us a 10. Because all life matters. Because all life was created by God. So, maybe it starts with you coming over here to the decision spot. It's on the Deland Palm Bay, right there on your right as well. And uh, people will be happy to help you. How do I accept Jesus? How do I become a Christian? I feel like I've been lied to. Why didn't somebody tell me there was a God that would forgive me and love me and I could get on this track? Some of you have been listening for a long time and you think I can just sit on the fence. This issue makes it clearer than anything I can give you that there is no fence to sit on. 
Either you're with us or you're not. There's a button you can push, I've decided. As far as giving, online, we've got it all set up. If you want to, the regular giving's there, but if you want to give to uh, the pro-life thing, you scroll down to highlighted missions, click that, and it'll all open up right there uh, for you. I was even able to do it. Um, I don't know what God's wanting you to do. Do I volunteer? Do I help? Is there something physically I do? Certainly we can all give some money. I don't know what all God's calling you to do. But if the truth matters, then you and I have got to do something. So, Father, I pray that we would get a hold of this. I pray for forgiveness for those who have struggled, those who have made poor choices in the past, but who hasn't? And I'm so thankful that we have a, we have a God who says, I can wipe away every tear from your eye. And they need to know that. That we're not here to condemn. We're here to let them know there's a God that forgives. But we are trying to stop another child from being thrown into the river. And so, Lord, wherever that one child is, Palm Bay, DeLand, here in front of me, watching online, somebody that's pregnant and nobody else even knows yet. Oh, God, I pray for that one. In Jesus' name.